Good morning online Sangha. Lovely to see you again. Um, and good morning embodied Sangha inside and out. So We're here on the path, learning how to take care of ourselves in radical new ways, even though some of us, like myself, have been on the path since 1979, 18, 90, 20, 40 years, 40 years. <laughs> it still feels uh, like a new beginning over and over again, a new beginning in learning and a new beginning in um, letting go of the um, habitual ways that we uh, were conditioned to believe as true. and through this amazing quality of mindfulness begin to reclaim the relationship that brings us into a communion with all of life that um, dissipates those old constraints of self-judgment, self-hatred, and um, um, obsessions and craving in ways that allow us to hold those without being determined and run by them, without that being an engine that pushes us into this place, I'll stop a moment. Seems like there's some negotiation happening here. Okay. Okay. So, um, Sorry. So all the time, the, uh, the invitation of mindfulness is an invitation to comprehend. It's part of the foundational sutra that we keep acknowledging over and over again, all the foundational teachings, to have general comprehension about what we're doing. So it's not like we're just doing something. It's that we understand why over and over again. I am learning how to hold myself with love. I am learning how to deconstruct colonialism, the colonialism of my mind, the colonialism that has embedded itself in the relationships that I have with other people. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm 
making the supreme effort to be present. I'm, I'm calling in over and over again that strength to make the effort over and over again because that's the calling in our hearts. That's why we're here, right? That's why um, the center is here, is to support us in embodying this dream and vision and intuition we have of a mind and heart that's liberated, of relationships that express that, of organizations and structures that express that, of ways of being alive in the world and relating. And so the invitation of being present to the breath or sound or to body sensations or to anything else is about embodying this vision. And then that means that the vision is the deepest inspiration that we come back to over and over again. It is the truth. It's the expression of the truth that it is our capacity to live in freedom. That's the truth. And all the moments that we're not living in freedom are moments of beautiful teaching to us. They're not a definition of, oh, I'm a terrible failure, I can't sit here for more than five minutes without being irritable or despairing. That's the teaching. Oh, here's a place that hasn't been healed. Here's a place that feels overwhelmed and separate. Here's a place that this very place that I'm knowing is why I'm here. Because I need a community and a structure and Dharma talks and interviews and everything to hold this and to learn how to hold it. Because I know that isn't my whole truth. It's an experience, but it's not my whole truth. So everything then is a teaching of, oh, here is what I've been conditioned to. I've been conditioned to feel inadequate and not up to the task. I've been conditioned to feel like it's too much for me. Of course we've been conditioned that. What would have our education system look like if we'd had this kind of teaching? You have that capacity to be free. So I'm just saying that because in the beginning days, it's hard because we're facing our conditioning. <clears throat> That is how it is. It reminds me of when I did the <clears throat> I did the hundred miles of the Appalachian Mountain Trail when I was younger, <clears throat> but not that much younger. <laughs> and the first week, we were carrying all our food because there was no place to get food for the first hundred miles. And I remember sobbing that first that first twenty miles with that heavy backpack. And I just 
sat on the ground and they just sobbed and they said, Honey, I can't do it. And she said, Let me break out the aspirin and the chocolate. Here's some water. You can do it. And that's what we're saying to each other. We do sit down on the path and break into tears or the equivalent of it and we say we can't do it. And then we, the rest of us, say yes you can. So the first part of yes you can is naming this is why I'm here, is to heal this whatever it is that's living inside of me that feels overwhelming. And then there are these different strategies. You know, we, we aren't, although we could feed you aspirin and chocolate, and that's sometimes a good idea, but mostly we're saying here are some different strategies to hold it. And one is developing the strength of the continuity of mindfulness. And so wherever we can build mindfulness, builds the strength to hold the conditioning. So that means we, each of us, because we know our minds already, are our own teachers in discerning where can I rest in mindfulness. Now, sometimes it's the body and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the breath and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's <clears throat> sound. Sometimes it's doing meta. Sometimes it's just keeping my eyes open and looking at the altar or looking at nature or feeling the wind or hearing the sound of the air purifier. Sometimes it's counting back from a hundred because at least that's keeping me from going into negative thinking. And I've done that plenty of times, a hundred, ninety-nine, ninety-eight. I do it in French because I learned French at school. That even brings more energy in it in attention. So that's good enough. Because refraining from identifying with that conditioning is a major victory, that refraining. So remember last night I talked about mindfulness as a protector. That's our job, being present and knowing, is this thought, feeling, causing me stress? Then it's conditioning. The thoughts are not true. I'm protecting myself by counting from 100 down to zero, and then again and again until I hear the bell. Because that's what it takes. Or it could be something like meta, depending on your, what, what the, uh, where the opening is. The other thing I've done is sung a song that I've loved in my head over and over again if I can't do anything else. And that's a major victory because you're building the strength, the, the 
the protection of the power of colonialism, those negative energies that have, we have that capacity, but this, the, the dynamics of oppression strengthen them. And we're challenging that strength through our own innate capacity to be free and through these kind of technologies. So what's important is challenging the obstacles to kindness and presence through whatever is possible. It could just be noticing your elbow. It could be that you lift your fingers up and down, up, down, up, down. Engaging the mind in something that is supportive and skillful and wholesome, right? That's our task. And mindfulness is the, the leader that communicates this is not helpful. It discerns that. Or it could be this general comprehension, this framework that the Buddha offers us. Oh. Sometimes my negative thoughts feel true, but my understanding, my conceptual understanding tells me they're not because I'm unhappy when I think them. So the guideline is any thought that doesn't have kindness associated with it is not true. And that makes sense because when we think of the great leaders and teachers, their single noticeable characteristic, whether it's Bishop Tutu to the Buddha, to Deepama, to Mahasi Sayadaw, to all the great teachers, Mahajapati, is that they were kind. They were kind. And we do not deserve anything but kindness. So that's your Geiger counter for discerning when you need to count backwards or go to your elbow or go back to the breath or listen to sound, is that. This is not kind, what's happening right now. Okay, well, that was like a totally spontaneous talk that I had no intention of giving. So, so um, let me then, before I forget, make an announcement before we go into a guided meditation. Anything else? Okay. Okay, so let's have a go at uh, um, uh, meeting ourselves. Um, and so uh, meeting ourselves in a way that is kind and supportive of this intuition and movement in your heart and body for freedom. See, that's my words. See what your words are, or how you would like to language that for yourself.
and then appreciate yourself for offering that. See if you can feel your appreciation in your body as a sensation. There's a way that when I know I'm aligned with the truth in my intentions, I can relax. See if that's true for you. or maybe it will be in the future. And inviting a relaxation into the support that the ground is giving us, the earth, our mother, inviting a presence, uh, knowing, the simple knowing of your posture, however it is. Relaxing, letting the knowing come. Maybe starting with something simple like the feet. And that pressure where the feet are connected to the ground. Pressure is the earth element, experiencing the earth element in us. Pressure. Just the pressure and the knowing of it. And acknowledging the knees, the bending of the knees might be sharp shooting sensation, an ache or just vibration. So we were listening to an orchestra of different instruments. not trying for anything different, just for this moment is it possible to let go of everything else so that there's the knowing of the posture, the whole posture in the background, and then the knees, and the listening into that sensation there. It's alive and happening, so we don't need to do anything really. Feeling the place where the thighs join into the hips. Maybe there's a stretching there, there's for me. or a warmth. 
Sometimes it's helpful to have the image of the thigh joining into the hips and then place it exactly where your thighs do that. See if that helps access the sensation. Acknowledging the pressure in the buttocks. Just the pressure and the knowing of it. And acknowledging the uprightness of the body. Or if you're lying down or standing, the lying down or standing. How are the shoulders communicating their life to you? Vibration, oscillation, hard, soft. We can understand that we are aware of shoulders, the sensations of life there. It's Alive. Might be that you would like to explore or allow awareness to explore the back and the aliveness there. Acknowledging the touch of lips. The wetness, the water element in our mouths. Part of the great oceans. This wetness warm. Can the gums feel that wetness? The tongue. How's it lying in the mouth? Feeling the root of the tongue and how it becomes the back of the throat.
if it's accessible, feeling the sensations of the breath. Or sound. It's possible if you would like to move up to the top of the head and then down again with awareness, feeling the different parts of the body, or to stay with the breath or sound, or anything else that keeps you present.
connecting with your intention again to be kind. And in this wish, receiving your life, knowing it. Sensation, sound, sight, touch. Metta. Just this moment, here and now. And then just for this moment, no future, just now. One moment at a time.
Thank you for your practice. Thank you, Sangha. Uh, so the invitation is you deserve nothing less than love and your creativity for finding the ways to support the continuity of mindfulness. Sitting on a, at a table eating will offer maybe a guided eating meditation today uh, at the group sharing and um, or we'll talk about it anyway uh, maybe tomorrow because we haven't talked about it um, but in your walking in your showering in brushing your teeth in finding that finicky lever for the screen door having to use the weight to open that door, whatever it is, like there, here, I'm here, I'm here with my life, building my warriorship. Thank you.